Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio. You're watching The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Well, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to The American Journal. I am your host, Harrison Smith. What a show we have for you today. Uh, I've been doing a lot of research, and the more I find out about what's going on in Ohio with the train derailment or over the Lake Michigan with the UFOs, the more sort of horrifying it all becomes. So that's gonna, those are going to be our, our main two topics here today. We're going to get into exactly what's gone on with the train derailment, chemical disaster, Chernobyl-level cover-up going on as we speak, and also get to the truth about uh, these mysterious objects being shut down. Hmm, what, what could it possibly be? It's probably aliens, if I had to guess. When the mainstream media is talking about aliens, you know something else is going on, and we'll talk, we'll talk about it. Uh, big takeaway, fear not the balloons. Fear not the mysterious balloons. They're just balloons. Uh, just so much to talk about. Uh, harp, hurricane, or uh, uh, earthquakes, rather, we have... It's, it's going to be a big show. And we'll be joined by uh, Angela Mc, McArdle. She's the chair of the National Libertarian Party to talk about rage against war, the protest that's happening later this week. But first, I want to go to this video. It's called Earthquake Prediction Revealed from the Red Pilled TV channel on band.video. Earthquake Prediction Revealed. Here it is. Nearly 20,000 people have been confirmed as dead since the February 6th earthquake in Turkey and Syria. A devastating catastrophe to say the least. But many have been speculating about the timing of the earthquake, even suggesting that HARP technology was used to trigger the quake using powerful frequencies that can vibrate the earth. This technology is real and can certainly be used to create earthquakes. However, how did a Dutch seismologist predict the Turkey earthquake three days earlier. On February 3rd, Frank Hugerbeets tweeted, quote, Sooner or later there will be a magnitude 7.5 earthquake in this region, south-central Turkey, Jordan, Syria, Lebanon. The accompanying photo shows the exact region where the quake took place. How did he know that? Is he a part of the New World Order's harp operation? Apparently, he drew this conclusion by monitoring geometry between celestial bodies, because large objects such as the moon can shift magma beneath the Earth's crust, thus creating an earthquake. He also predicted that, quote, aftershocks will continue in the region for some time. This prediction came true as well, not only for the affected region, but all over the world. On February 6th, the same day as the Turkey quake, the strongest earthquake in 40 years hit Buffalo, New York, and in Indonesia, an earthquake hit on February 9th, three days later, toppling buildings and killing four people. According to seismologist Tyler Metcalf, the big earthquakes in Turkey have likely led to destabilization of fault lines across the world. There could be many earthquakes in many areas across the world over the next few to several days. His conclusion is based on a research paper published in 2018 titled, Earthquakes Can Systematically Trigger Other 
ones on opposite side of Earth. So, are earthquakes going to continue triggering each other one after another until they build into a climaxing megaquake? Or is clandestine technology like HARP being used in an act of weather terrorism, where the consequential earthquakes are just collateral damage from the New World Order's targeted quakes? Either way, if you live near a fault line, it's time to prepare yourself for the extremely likely possibility of an earthquake. Seismologists aren't the only ones predicting earthquakes. As we know from scripture, widespread earthquakes were predicted by Jesus as a sign of the end of the world. For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines, and pestilences, and earthquakes in diverse places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. This is Brian Wilson with Infowars.com. So go find and share that video at band.video. Uh, he's not the only one saying it. By the, we're not the only one saying this, by the way. We've got members of parliament in Romania and uh, some whistleblowers in Japan talking about man-made earthquakes later in the show. Stay with us. It's Monday, February 13th, year of our Lord, 2023. And you're listening to The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Watch it live right now at band.video. I think it's time. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the American Journal. I'm your host, Harrison Smith. Okay, three, two, one, it's down. Anybody catch the game last night? It was really fun. We're going to talk about the Super Bowl mostly today. Uh, that's what we're going to do. We're going to spend most of the... Kidding. Kidding, of course. We'll mention, we'll mention it. But no, there's... Uh, supposed UFO battles over the skies of Canada and America. There's a train derailment that's looking awfully similar to a Chernobyl-level natural disaster of biblical proportions, all man-made, of course. We also have the war in uh, Ukraine spiraling out of control, getting worse as the revelation that it was America that blew up the Nord Stream pipeline makes its way to the highest levels of international intrigue. We've got earthquakes started by machines. It's just wild across the board. We also have videos of old Bill Gates trying to visit London and being surrounded by a mob calling him a murderer. So, you know, the awakening is happening. The uprising has commenced. We'll see where it takes us. But yeah, we have just so much to get into. We are going to try to get to the bottom of what's hap- what happened um, with the train derailment as, as the, uh, the cover-up continues and the true scale of the ecological destruction is only just being hinted at now. And we're going to tell you what we know about the rash of UFO combat taking place with jets from the american air force over the skies of lake michigan canada and alaska it's going to be an interesting show folks i'm going to open up the phone lines because as much research as i've done this stuff is a little bit over my head in certain cases so uh, we're going to open up the phone line specifically for you know people with professional or expert uh insight into these matters So all that and more coming up. In fact, I will also be joined by the chair of the uh, National Libertarian Party, Angela uh, McArdle. She will be on to promote their uh, peace rally, uh, Rage Against the War Machine, that's taking place in D.C. on February 19th. So we're excited to 
promote and help support that bipartisan attempted peace. So let's not waste any more time. Let's get right into it. Here it is, your Daily Dispatch. All right, here it is, folks, your Daily Dispatch for Monday, the 13th of February, 2023. Infowars.com has this headline. Watch Rihanna's Super Bowl halftime show. Humps grabs crotch, smells hand. Well, that's just gross. That's just gross. It was gross and weird, but, you know, whatever. It was fine. It was fine. I don't know. I watched the Super Bowl yesterday. It was uh, probably the first football game I've watched this entire year, start to finish. Uh, It was actually a pretty good game until the last minute or so when it was completely ruined by the refs. But I think everybody was watching, especially the halftime show, just expecting some satanic, hellish conflagration to take place just some you wanted it didn't orgy you? of symbolism yeah you i didn't know what i wanted it. i didn't know what i wanted uh what we got was i don't know kind of weird kind of bizarre but also kind of cool i don't know they're on these floating platforms that was pretty cool uh there was no like overt insanity it was more just your typical you know person dressed as the devil while surrounded by a writhing mass of faceless sexless beings it was weird it was all a little bit weird but i don't know who cares we can look into all the all the subtle uh, symbology or you can just you know do something else during halftime <laughs> all right yeah well we'll get into that a little bit more later as well but it's literally the far and away the least important thing we're going to talk about today meanwhile uh from yesterday the 12th of february breaking uh, octagonal object shot down over lake huron the u.s military has shot down another unidentified flying object over michigan on sunday the defense department announced this uh really coming is at the tail end of a series of sightings and actual you know, aerial dogfights with floating objects around this country and over Canada. Pentagon spokesperson John Kirby uh, delivered a press conference about the downed object around Lake Huron. Uh, The Pentagon released a statement confirming an F-16 fired an AIM-9X missile to shoot down an airborne flying object at approximately 20,000 feet altitude. Again, we'll get into this a little bit more. A big takeaway for me, they're balloons. Uh, They're big balloons. My main takeaway, do not fear the balloons. Don't be scared of the balloons. They're just balloons. There's really, I think, one of two options. Either there's some sort of attack going on where for the first time they're sending tons of these balloons or there have been these types of balloons over America for a very long time, probably dozens if not hundreds of them, and the Air Force and NORAD and the the entire – you know, American military just hasn't paid any attention to them because they're balloons. But then when they were embarrassed by the Chinese balloon, now they're paying attention to the, you know, uh, uh, object signatures on their radar screens and actually dealing with them rather than just ignoring them completely. I think that's the more likely uh, thing. And I think when the mainstream media and even the Pentagon are very scarily hinting at the possibility these might be extraterrestrial <gasps> ufos <gasps> oh my god aliens no way yeah no way no it's not no please stop things please god for the love of god don't fall for the alien scam please for the love of god we told you about covid we told you about the vaccines we told you 
about everything. Please don't fall for the alien scam. Don't make it that easy. Please don't make it that easy for them. They're just balloons, folks. It's all good. It's not good. It is an attack on the American mainland, the height of which hasn't been seen since the Japanese did it in World War II. So it is a big deal, but they're just balloons, okay? Relax. Meanwhile, Russia says NATO should hold emergency summit over Nord Stream blast. NATO should hold an emergency summit to discuss recent findings about September explosions. September explosions. <laughs> That's a new one. Yeah. Was that the September 11th attack? It wasn't a, it wasn't a terrorist. It was, it was the September explosions. The springtime explosions. Just wild. All right. Uh, findings about the September explosions of the Nord Stream gas pipeline. Russian's foreign minister spokesperson Maria uh, Zakharova said late on Saturday, investigative journalist Seymour Hirsch, who won a Pulitzer Prize in 1970, said in a blog post on Wednesday, citing an unidentified source that U.S. Navy divers had destroyed the pipelines with explosives on the orders of President Joe Biden. Yeah, we'll get into that as well, but brings a lot of other stuff into question, as in. Did the train derailment and massive chemical explosion, could that possibly have been retaliation for the attack on Russia? Could you really blame them if it was? Will Joe Biden be impeached for using the military armed forces to perform a terrorist attack and create an ecological disaster against an enemy we are not at war with in a totally clandestine and illegal fashion? Maybe that's the line that he crosses and everybody says he's gone too far. I mean he's really pushing the envelope. Let's do more than just wag our finger at him, shall we? All this, of course, ties in with this next story Paul just Watson posted on InfoWars. A French historian says World War III has already begun. If I had to guess, I'd say when historians look back, they will have said it began probably 10 years ago, maybe even more. Maybe with the 2014 overthrow of the Ukrainian government, maybe with the completely nonsensical and purposeless invasion or attempted overthrow of Assad in Syria, which Russia helped prevent. I mean, yeah, we're thoroughly in World War III. It's just undeclared because it's not nations versus nations. It's the globalist versus humanity. So hope we win. Finally, we have this story, and we'll touch back on this in the next segment, show some of the videos going around explaining exactly what's going on here. But how's this for a headline, folks? After train derailment, Ohio residents are living a plot of a movie they helped make. East Palestine, Ohio has been essentially poisoned completely because of the chemical attack that took place there. Strangely enough, just last year, a movie filmed there with this exact same plot. Exact same plot. In the exact same place, just one year ahead. That, folks is premeditated murder. We'll be right back. Introducing InfoWars, super high-end supplement line at up to 50% off what these same formulas are sold for in stores. It's InfoWars MD, exclusively available at InfoWarsStore.com. We have a new line of super quality CBD oils that are incredibly good for your entire body at InfoWarsStore.com. We have Libido RX, Better Mood, Nitric Boost, Mushroom Max Powerful Nootropic, Ageless Vitality Collagen, Superfood Greens, and more. Our turmeric formula is 95% humanoid, the strongest and best on the market. 
These formulas and more under the InfoWars MD banner or at InfoWarsStore.com. They are private labeled clones of the top brands in the country for up to 50% off where you're going to find them in stores and on other online stores. This is our new InfoWars MD incredible line. Anything of real quality, anything of lasting durability, anything that's really satisfying and empowering and fulfilling is going to be hard to attain. And when it comes to information, boy, is that true today. We see the entire global corrupt into a human depopulation, great reset combine, trying to collapse our society to build on its ashes their, their transhumanist nightmare vision, suppressing the voices of good people all around the world and of doctors and scientists and engineers that are exposing all their lies, their COVID hysteria, their world's going to end in 2030, carbon tax, global warming bull, all of it. And none of it can succeed. None of it can actually be carried out unless everybody is silenced and gaslit. That's why truth comes with hard work and with research and with diligence. And that's why it's hard to share InfoWars links and band out video links. That's why we've got to share them now more than ever. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. Gentlemen, just an incredible number of stories to get to today, and I do want to open up phone lines early to take your calls about these because I'm feeling there's a lot of people out there with more knowledge on this than I have and more knowledge than is being allowed to be put out on mainstream media. So we're going to start today with the story of the well, the chemical disaster that is unfolding in Ohio. We actually covered it last week when it first happened. Although then the information on this was incredibly scarce. We could tell something was going on, but hadn't gotten the details really. Then the whole story exploded, no pun intended, over the weekend. And we're going to show you a couple videos. We're going to show you a couple videos that have been going viral that help explain what's going on. But you may have seen those if you're on Twitter. We're also going to show you a couple videos from local news stations that sheds even more light on what exactly is happening. First, this story, which casts the whole thing in a suspicious light. After a train derailment, Ohio residents are living a plot of a movie they helped make. They say when Ben Ratner's family signed up in 2021 to be extras in a movie called White Noise, they thought it would be a fun distraction from their day-to-day life in blue-collar East Palestine, Ohio. Ratner, 37, is in a traffic jam scene, sitting in a line of cars trying to evacuate after a freight train collided with a tanker truck, triggering an explosion that fills the air with toxic, uh, dangerous toxins. In another scene, his uh, father wears a trench coat and white hat while people walk across an overpass to get out of town. The directors told the group they wanted them to look forlorn and down, uh, forlorn and downtrodden as they escape the environmental disaster. So there was a 2022 movie called White Noise uh, shot around Ohio based on a novel by Don DeLillo. The book was published in 1985, and it basically has exactly the plot of what is now occurring. So, yeah, you've got the same thing happening in the same place where this movie took place just last year with very similar imagery and everything. It's 
a little bit insane and really, again, helps to up the suspicion. I guess, once again, we're left in a circumstance where we have to ask, accident or on purpose? I mean, does it really matter at the end of the day? I mean, is this just more evidence of America's increasing inability to just keep the lights on and the literally the trains running and basic infrastructure upkept and so we're just going to start seeing more and more of this type of stuff as after all most of our processes are geared towards an extremely high functioning society and as we slip down the the diversity slope are we going to just see more and more chaos and collapses you know weird little mayors are appointed to the transportation administration because they agreed to step down and allow joe biden to get the democratic nomination like are we just going to see more political favors being done and putting in incapable people in positions of power who then allow massive unnatural disasters to unfold like is this just is this just an accident or was this on purpose and an attack and does it fall in line with the food process plants burning and the great reset shutdown of farms i mean are we going to see acid rain takes out take out huge swaths of the american heartland as our food and water becomes even more poisonous like is it an accident or is it on purpose either way it's the government's fault and of course the other option would be maybe this was a retaliation for the government's actions against russia and the Nord Stream pipeline all of these are possibilities what we know is that the innocent people of ohio uh, are being murdered as we speak. Now we'll go to these videos here. Quickly, I want to uh, reiterate a sentiment I saw Sticks Hexenhammer make on uh, YouTube where he said, if you live in one of these areas, if you are affected or potentially affected by the you know, downwind effects of this, go get a physical right now. Go get a doctor's bill of health so you can prove that you do not have cancer and do not have any cancerous polyps and don't have any respiratory issues because that's going to be useful when all of the inevitable lawsuits come down the pipe five, ten years ago. He was also making the good point that the same thing happened with 9-11 when they said it's completely safe to go into the rubble. You No need to evacuate. The, you know, the fumes are not toxic only to reveal five, ten, fifteen years later that you're significantly more likely to die from those fumes. They just like to kick the can down the road. So protect yourself by going now and getting a physical and proving that you don't have cancer so when the effects of these carcinogenic plumes are eventually made clear you have a better case against whichever authority has to pay the monetary price for this uh, here are some videos that have been going viral that explain this first we'll go to clip number three train derailment in ohio currently emitting massive amounts of carcinogenic compounds into the air let's watch train derailed friday 20 of them carrying hazardous materials as flames lit up the sky in northeastern ohio the evacuation order is in place for anyone within a mile radius of the crash site these aren't these aren't stupid this is not i actually didn't realize that that video had uh, audio i'd watched it without audio uh, we'll have to b censor that and then come back and uh, uh, play it again. Now I'm nervous to play any of these other ones. I thought it was just going to be, uh, I thought it was just subtitles and I was going to read it out. That's what I should have done in the first place. Because then I can skip over those words. All right, let's go to, uh, oh, we don't have time to go to 16 now. All right, we're going to play, uh, we're going to censor that video and play it on the other side. That's one of the ones that's been going really viral. 
there's also a guy who breaks down exactly what's going on. But to put it as like as far as I understand, the the train derailed. We can get into you know how or why it derailed in just a second, but it was filled with uh, what's known as vinyl chloride or vinyl chlorine, which is not polyvinyl chlorine, which is a more stable and less dangerous version of it. But the the train crashed, and then they blew holes in the side of the train cars and allowed all of it to go into a trench that they dug on the side of the train tracks, and then they lit it all on fire. Now, I talked to a friend of mine who has dealt with this type of thing before, chemical spills and what's called uh, environmental remediation. And we went through and looked up what the process for environmental remediation is. In other words, what you have to do to deal with some sort of chemical spill. For example, if a gas station has some sort of accident or a spill and a bunch of gasoline spills into a, a river or a creek nearby, it is actually kind of insane how much you have to go through. They have to test and treat and remediate the soil and the water of the creek and the air around it and they have to hire specific companies that are licensed to perform certain actions to fulfill certain criteria to consider the the area remediated when it comes to vinyl chlorine and we'll show you in just a second or vinyl chloride can't remember which one it is uh there is no there is no process of light it on fire and just see what happens i mean maybe a damned if you do damned if you don't kind of situation where if they didn't light it on fire, it would have just poisoned the, the waterways and the soil anyway. And like by lighting it on fire, they may have mitigated some of the carcinogenic properties of the uh, chemicals. Or it could mean that all of those chemicals are now airborne and spreading out over an area of hundreds of miles across the American heartland. So again, we'll get into that and we'll figure out exactly how this happened and what's being done about it on the other side. And again, show you some local news clips that tell more of the story that's not being told anywhere else. Stay with us. American Journal Infowars. I talk a lot about the great successes Infowars has had. I don't think anybody can deny it. And it is because of listeners and viewers supporting us. When we talk about the crew at Infowars, people behind the scenes, the researchers, the writers, they really have been the MVPs in this fight. And when you look at Harrison Smith and Owen Schroyer and the hard work they engage in every day, five, six, seven days a week, it's really just incredible. So for myself, the whole InfoWars crew, I thank you for your past support. And I want to encourage you now to realize that InfoWars cannot stay on air if you do not support us. I know you spread the word. I know you pray for us. and That's wonderful. Keep doing it. But most viewers and listeners never go to InfoWarsStore.com and you never buy great products that enrich and empower your life while at the same time keep us on air. I know that less than 1% of our listeners actually go buy products at InfoWarsStore.com. If just 1% more of you took action and went to InfoWarsStore.com, our funding problems will be over. Please take action now. InfoWars.com is tomorrow's news today. You're listening to The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Watch it live right now at band.video. 
Chernobyl-level disaster unfolding in Ohio, not being reported very much at all by the mainstream media, certainly not when it happened or for the ensuing several couple days. Local media was on it, and we'll show you some of those videos in just a second. But first, clip number eight, or no, I'm sorry, clip number 16. This has been going around, and I agree it probably is the best video about what's happened in Pennsylvania and Ohio. Pretty mind-blowing stuff. Let's watch. Clip 16. It hasn't been getting Thank a lot you. of coverage, and the coverage that it has been getting hasn't been very good. So let's talk about the trail derailment in East Palestine, Ohio. East Palestine's about an hour north of Pittsburgh, almost halfway to Cleveland. Norfolk Southern has a rail line that goes right through town, and this derailment happened right on the edge outside of town on the border of PA and Ohio. Of the cars that crashed, five of them contained vinyl chloride. It's a monomer used to make PVC. Some of the reporting on this has gotten vinyl chloride confused with polyvinyl chloride, the polymer made out of vinyl chloride. Now, the reason that this distinction is really important is vinyl chloride is very hazardous and very flammable. Polyvinyl chloride is a plastic that's used in like everything. The other thing about vinyl chloride is that it boils at 8 degrees Fahrenheit, so it's shipped in its liquid form. Meaning that when these trains crashed and these started leaking, they weren't just leaking liquid, but they were spewing boiling gas. So vinyl chloride is really toxic. OSHA has the permissible limit of how much you can be exposed to it during an eight hour shift as a one PPM part per million, average over eight hours. So prior to this, the biggest spill of this chemical was in New Jersey where one train car and about 23,000 gallons of vinyl chloride were spilled, but it didn't catch on fire. Now this crash in Ohio has five train cars. These kinds of tanker cars can carry between 25 and 33,000 gallons. Let's call it 250 to 250,000 pounds of vinyl chloride. That's per train car, five train cars. There's maybe a million pounds of this toxic chemical spilling into the ground and also boiling off into the air. But then it caught on fire. I think this is where the reporting is really bad because no one is mentioning what the byproduct of vinyl chloride burning is. Of the many byproducts of burning vinyl chloride, one of them is hydrogen chloride. Hydrogen chloride is really unstable and latches onto water, like just water vapor in the atmosphere, and that turns into hydrochloric acid. So right now, government officials, officials from the railroad, both the governor of Pennsylvania and Ohio are calling burning off the million pounds of this stuff a success, but not mentioning that it means that we have hundreds of thousands of pounds of acid in the air, potentially. Now, ever since engineering school, I've studied a lot of industrial accidents. I just find it really fascinating, and organizations like the Chemical Safety Board, NTSB, and OSHA all have like really good reports available to the public. I think as a designer, it's really good to learn about mistakes. When looking at these kinds of industrial disasters across time, there are a couple things that are pretty universal across all of them. One, the responsible party in this case, Norfolk Southern Railway, always plays down the reality of the situation. Politicians also just repeat the same lines, and then news outlets just repeat the same. So all we're hearing is the responsible party's word. Yeah, uh, pretty incredible stuff. Now that video has been going around, it's a, it's a TikTok that is sort of a compilation of lots of videos from the surrounding area. Clip number three, train derailment in Ohio currently emitting massive amounts of carcinogenic compounds into the air. Let's watch. Massive train derailed Friday, 20 of them carrying hazardous materials as flames lit up the sky in northeastern Ohio. The evacuation order is in place for anyone within a mile radius of the crash site. These aren't, these aren't storm clouds. 
This is the burn off in East Palestine. This is not storm clouds. Look at it. Ohio cops arrest a national news reporter for reporting the truth. That also went down last Friday. These are dead fish floating in and around the area. So the fumes can be deadly if inhaled. Officials are claiming that the air and water are safe. Residents say they can still smell chlorine. They've complained about their eyes watering when they go outside. And one woman says the noxious air killed her chickens. Out of nowhere, he just started coughing really hard and just shut down and went very fast. They say the air quality's fine. Eggs before the burn and then after. This is within 10 miles of East Palestine. Rail company blocked safety rules before Ohio derailment. So there's a massive, again, unprecedented disaster. Now we have two videos to go to from the local news. We'll go first to clip number eight here. East Palestine residents outside evacuation zone not included in reimbursement payment. Yes, the company is already offering reimbursement payment to the people affected within one mile of this many, many miles wide disaster. But it comes with a catch. Let's watch. One week ago, a devastating train derailment chased residents in East Palestine from their homes. The image is just incredible of the smoke and fire afterwards. But even as residents are allowed to return, many have come back to a toxic mess inside their homes. Bree Buckley explains what's next for so many whose lives have been turned upside down. We could just smell the chemical smell coming inside our house, outside. It's been two days since officials gave the all clear for residents to return to their homes in East Palestine following the fiery train derailment. But the effects still linger, with some saying they're left helpless. My mattress, uh, my couches, they just smell of the chemicals, my clothes. We're in the midst of washing everything right now, um, trying to get the chemical smell out. Regan Parker says she lives just outside the one-mile radius that was established as the evacuation zone. But she's being told by workers at the Norfolk Southern Family Assistance Center that she's also outside the eligibility for any reimbursement or a $1,000 inconvenience fee that's being handed out. They basically just told me that because I wasn't in the one-mile evacuation zone, that the best that they could do for me was to come to have someone come into my house and clean. That inconvenience fee really scares us. Cleveland lawyer Michael O'Shea is representing a number of East Palestine residents impacted and says he's worried these payments could void any chance for claims down the road. We were worried that if someone um, got that check, took that check for that inconvenience fee, that they would be waiving any future right to make any claims, which are totally impossible to determine at this time. As the town grapples with the decision to return home, worried about what could be left behind. A lot of people are scared to come home. A lot of people haven't came back yet. Um, we really just didn't have the funds to stay away from home anymore. 
We did get late word from a Norfolk Southern spokesperson who says accepting any of those payments is not a settlement of any future claim. I also asked if they'll consider expanding compensation to residents outside the one mile radius. But the spokesperson did not address that. Russ. Okay, Brie Buckley. Thank you. Yeah, thousand dollars, thousand dollars for your trouble. Sorry for uh, killing all of your pets and poisoning the land and causing the potential for carcinogenic carcinogenic acid rain over the better part of several states. Uh, How about a thousand bucks? How about a cool thousand dollars? Will you shut up and go away now, please? Absolutely wild stuff. And again, we're going to get more into this. We actually have the cargo manifest of the train itself, and it wasn't just the uh, vinyl chloride, uh, chloride that it was carrying. 200-mile radius report for East Palestine uh, Village. This is what they say the actual effect of this will be. Again, we'll get into it on the other side. Let me tell you, folks, it's events like this that I feel a, an extra level of responsibility to get to the bottom of because obviously the mainstream media is hardly covering this at all. It is certainly not being reported with the amount of concern that it should be. And so I know people turn to InfoWars because they know that we're not going to sugarcoat anything and we're not going to you know, hold the line for any big corporation or government entity. So we'll get to the bottom of this and we'll open up the phone calls for what you think has been going on in the next segment. In the meantime, go to InfoWarsStore.com to support us. InfoWarsStore.com. It's the only way we're, we're on air. It's our only funding mechanism. It's you, the American people. Going to InfoWars Store, getting a fantastic product, keeping us on air so we can get to the bottom of these increasingly occurring disasters. Hmm. I've got some good news, ladies and gentlemen. After over two years of being sold out, Ultimate Bone Broth is now back in stock and updated even stronger at InfoWarsStore.com. Concentrated bone broth from chickens, chaga mushroom, and so many other amazing ingredients like turmeric and bee pollen. Learn about the effects and what it does for your body at InfoWarsStore.com because it is the bone broth. The bone broth. The bone broth. The, b- the bone broth. The, b- the bone broth. The bone broth. The bone broth. What in the world? Mm. But now with the milk, I was like, whoa, this has milk in it. Whoa. It tastes like good. Man, this tastes so good. Mm. Tastes like the best milkshake ever. The best milkshake ever. It tastes like Ovaltine. Mm. It tastes like Ovaltine. Mm. It tastes like Ovaltine. Mm. Like good. Our world is so full of hype. We are force-fed dehumanizing propaganda by the corporate media, by the controlled churches and the universities. Why is this the case? Because we innately, by God, have been given the keys to our own minds, our own psyches, our own souls. And by connecting to God, we can empower ourselves and transcend the, quote, fallen or sinful state. So the chemicals that we ingest and, and all the things that we try to bring into our bodies to, to, to change who we are are only lowering us. They're only making us more depressed. In the end, they're only making us less fulfilled. It is only by going within and really making that connection to God that we can truly empower ourselves. That's why the globalists bombard us with toxins and chemicals to block us getting the normal vitamins and minerals and trace elements. Our bodies need to be healthy and to be able to basically reach out beyond the third dimension. And that's where the incredible products come in at InfoWarsStore.com. Listening to the American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video.
we are covering the Ohio train accident, if you can call it that, the explosion. I mean, I don't even know how to how to categorize this. The chemical disaster that is taking place as we speak in Ohio, the seemingly absurd steps that the authorities took to mitigate this disaster and, of course, the steps that were taken in the first place to allow such a disaster to happen at all. And we actually have some information about that here. Pete Buttigieg's transportation department skirting safety standards. This, from all places, is from uh, Jacobin, which I don't usually touch with a 10-foot pole, but here we are. In the aftermath of a fiery Ohio train derailment, Secretary of Transportation Pete Buttigieg's department has no plans to reinstate an Obama-era rail safety rule aimed at expanding the use of better braking technology, even though a former federal safety official recently warned Congress that without better brakes, quote, there will be more derailments and more releases of hazardous material. Instead, transportation regulators have been considering a rail industry-backed proposal that could weaken existing brake safety rules. Uh, Most of the nation's freight trains, including the Norfolk Southern train that derailed in Ohio, continue to rely on Civil War-era braking systems. Norfolk Southern uh, belongs to a lobby group that successfully pressed Donald Trump to repeal a 2015 rule requiring newer, safer electronic braking systems in some trains transmitting hazardous materials they reported last week. But that's not the only – you know, instance of uh, government involvement contributing to this disaster. Libertarian Party Mises Caucus on Twitter, LP Mises Caucus, says the train derailment in Ohio is currently emitting massive amounts of carcinogenic compounds into the air. This alone would be enough to make it interesting, but it seems there's more to the story. Norfolk Southern seems to be operating hand-in-hand with the government in this area, going so far as to arrest reporters covering certain details of the incident. The company has a strong lobbying presence and has been trickling out preparedness grants to emergency response and nonprofit organizations organizations in the area that they operate, building dependency and increasing local departments' willingness to, quote, play ball with the company in suppressing information. They point out how Norfolk has trickled out countless small to medium grants and uh, to public and private organizations in their operating areas, slowly building dependency on their funding to support everything from firefighting operations to school supplies and salaries. Now, and they post some retweets from people who are there on the scene or just pointing out uh, sort of the absurdity of uh, what's going on. Uh, of course, the socialists are making it a uh, class issue because I guess unfortunately for them, uh, 98% of East Palestine is white, so they can't uh, claim that's because they're black that this is happening. So yes, the environmental racism people, very confused as to uh, whether to care about this or not. But this, this is a very interesting one from the Christ-pilled libertarian – hilarious he is a norfolk southern conductor he says norfolk southern operates hand in hand with government all the time they conspired with congress and joe biden to force an end to a labor disagreement in december they've been dangerously negligent with manpower cuts for years this disrailment uh, is the result Exelon has this agreement with local areas where they fund whole positions that answer to both emergency services and the nuclear power plant and ensures the information that can be coordinated with the joint operations center prior to reaching the public. So again, the information about this coming out has been vetted by the very people that uh, caused the crisis in the first place. What exactly caused this derailment? Still, as far as I can tell, a, a bit of a mystery. 
CBS News has this story. Video shows sparks and flames well before Ohio train derailment. Stunning videos raising the questions for people in East Palestine, Ohio. CBS Pittsburgh reports. The video which captured the train 20 miles before it reached the site where it derailed is raising questions about when the crew knew there was a problem. The video obtained by Pittsburgh Post-Gazette was taken by a security camera at an equipment plant in Salem, Ohio. What appears to be sparks and flames can be seen in the video under one of the train cars as it passes the plant. The National National Transportation Safety Board referenced the video at a news conference last week. And, of course, we do have to rely heavily on local media in these instances as national media isn't picking up some of the more troubling aspects of this story. And we'll go to another local media report here in just a second. But here's a story from uh, WKBN, East Palestine, Ohio. Three additional chemicals discovered on East Palestine train derailment. First News was recently informed of three more chemicals that were on the Norfolk Southern train that derailed in East Palestine just over a week ago, and we're being told that those chemicals are dangerous. Uh, Sil Cagliano, a hazardous materials specialist, says, quote, we basically nuked a town with chemicals so we could get a railroad open. The U.S. Uh, EPA has sent a letter to Norfolk Southern stating that ethanol glycol monobutyl ether, exyl hexyl acrylate, and isobutylene were also in the rails cars that were derailed, breached, and or on fire. Cargiano says that exyl hexyl I think I'm pronouncing that right, uh, acrylate is especially worrisome. He says it's a carcinogen and in, con- in contact with it can cause burning and irritation in the skin and eyes. Breathing it can irritate the nose and throat and cause coughing and shortness of breath. Uh, isobutylene or uh, butylene is known to cause dizziness and drowsiness when inhaled. Quote, I was surprised when they uh, when they quickly told people they can go back home and they said it uh, if they feel like they want their homes tested they can have them tested i would have far rather they did all the testing cagiano said cagiano says it's possible some of these chemicals could still be present in homes and on objects until you clean them thoroughly and of course we just saw the video of the girl saying that her house still reeks of chemicals there's a lot of what ifs and we're going to be looking at this thing 10 15 20 years down the line and wondering gee cancer clusters could pop up you know well water could go bad at kagiano said kagiano rep- uh, recommends anyone in east palestine area should get a health checkup get it on record where your health stands now so that moving forward you'll have document documented any effects possibly related to this train derailment the drinking water in particular is a topic of this Report from the local news there. Clip number 18, train derailment aftermath. East Palestine ready, residents warned of risk drinking water. Let's watch. Tonight, new developments in the aftermath of a toxic train derailment in East Palestine. Eight days after the fiery crash, the full scope of the disaster is still being realized as neighbors slowly return home. There are new concerns tonight about contaminated drinking water. Good evening. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Lena Lai. Tonight, here is what we know. A contracting group for Norfolk Southern is going door to door identifying homes with at-risk drinking water wells. The worry is that the vinyl chloride that was released into the air is now leaching into the ground and impacting well water. It was also a day of cleanup today for many neighbors within ground zero of the derailment. The Salvation Army brought in truckloads of cleaning supplies to help. And next weekend, a community-wide feast will be held in East Palestine to honor the first responders and firefighters who helped the town through the train disaster. 
And tonight we are hearing firsthand from the crews who were on the ground from the minute that train derailment happened. The East Palestine Fire Department and others no doubt saved lives with their quick actions. Our Emma Henderson joins us now with a look at how the disaster is still having an impact on them. Emma. Lena, the flames may be out, but the consequences of chemicals being spilled and released into the atmosphere are becoming more clear, in this case impacting the small town's fire gear. East Palestine Fire Department was on the front lines battling the flames once the train derailed, and because of that, they're now seeing the physical and financial toll it took on their gear. Fire Chief Keith Drabik has already had to place an order tallying several hundred thousand dollars to make sure his crews have safe new breathing apparatus. Add on top the rest of the inventory they continue to do, and it's still unclear just how much that final total will be. The hose, our gear, our breathing apparatuses, our apparatuses in general, um, pretty much everything that we have, uh, we're checking with manufacturers on just for the safety of my people. Now, coming up at 11, we'll take a deeper look into the issues the fire department faces, as well as concerns from businesses that had to close in East Palestine. All right, Emma, we'll check back with you at 11. Thanks so much. So just absolute devastation. They're sort of downplaying the effects of this so far, but they won't be able to do that for very long. And again, I was hoping to, to finish up with this topic uh, this hour, but we're going to have to continue it into the second hour because there's still so much more to talk about. Uh, some speculation, but really just the information coming out about this from people involved or people just with knowledge of the situation is pretty devastating. But of course, we, we're going to have to move on eventually because we still have UFOs to talk about. We still have the war in Ukraine to discuss and the effects of the president of the United States carrying out a secret terrorist attack on the Nord Stream pipeline, just total assault on humanity. So, you know, whether it's the vaccine or the toxic cloud over your town, whether it's food processing plants just going up in flames or trails going, uh, trains going off the rails or airplanes colliding uh, in the middle of the day, it's, it's not looking good for all America moving into the future. It looks like our insistence on failure is finally coming to fruition and we're experiencing the chickens coming home to roost you know we used to launch people to the moon we used to build rockets and launch people to the moon and they'd play golf there do you remember that that what's happened in the last 60 years what whatever could it be we probably got more racist i think that's probably it's probably climate change and racism if i had to guess (laughs) stupid racist derailing trains we'll be right back to tell you the real issues on the other side I talk a lot about the great successes InfoWars has had. I don't think anybody can deny it. And it is because of listeners and viewers supporting us. When we talk about the crew at InfoWars, people behind the scenes, the researchers, the writers, they really have been the MVPs in this fight. And when we look at Harrison Smith and Owen Schroyer and the hard work they engage in every day, five, six, seven days a week, it's really just incredible. So for myself and the whole InfoWars crew, I thank you for your past support. I only encourage you now to realize that InfoWars cannot stay on air if you do not support us. I know you spread the word. I know you pray for us. and That's wonderful. Keep doing it. But most viewers and listeners never go to InfoWarsStore.com and you never buy great products that enrich and empower your life while at the same time keep us on air. I know that less than 1% of our listeners actually go buy products at InfoWarsStore.com. If just 1% more of you took action and went to InfoWarsStore.com, our funding problems will be over. Please take action now. 
You're listening to The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Watch it live right now at band.video. Welcome back, folks. Second hour of American Journal has begun. We're con- con- going to continue to talk about this train derailment, Chernobyl-level man-made disaster unfolding in Ohio. We're also going to open up the phones for your calls. I'd like to request hold off on calls unless you have some sort of professional or expert insight into either the Ohio disaster or the UFO situation. We had a a pilot call in from Oklahoma last Friday to discuss the 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 UFO situation. It was very – or no, rather to to talk about the near miss of the almost horrific disaster that took place in Austin Airport, Uh, just another example of our – collapsing infrastructure human infrastructure as well so everything's going uh, down the tubes don't know if you've noticed but it was very informative what he was able to uh, tell us from his expertise as a pilot so i'm hoping anybody with either anybody with family in the the area what they've been told if you're in the area yourself please call in if you are an environmental remediation specialist we'd love to hear from you so we're open up the phone lines now give us a call if you have some specific insight into this the number to dial is 1877-789-2539 1877-789-2539 and if you're not an expert and just want to comment on it just hold off for a second we'll take your calls later in the show but please let's uh, leave the lines open for people who actually understand this because it's one of the things that's like i don't know who to talk about this with i I don't know i mean the government's not going to talk to us the corporations aren't going to talk to us so and i don't i don't personally know any you know chemical remediation experts on my in my rolodex so we're, we're appealing to you the american people see what you can come up with so again, five tankers on the train that overturned last week were carrying liquid vinyl, uh, vinyl chloride, which is extremely combustible. Last Sunday, they became unstable and threatened to explode. First responders and emergency workers had to vent the tankers, spill the vinyl chloride into a trench, and then burn it off before it turned the train into a bomb. Authorities feared that an explosion could send shrapnel up to a mile away, and this derailment came after the apparent or suggested failure of warning systems we have obtained two videos that show uh, preliminary indications of mechanical issues on one of the uh, rail car axles says michael graham a member of the ntsb that second video came from a processing plant in salem a mile down the track in front of that plant is a hot box detector which scans the temperature of axles as a train passes and sounds an alert if they're overheated the crew did receive an alarm from a wayside detector uh, detector shortly before derailment indicating a mechanical issue graham said then an emergency brake application initiated the ntbs says there was an alert but it's not known whether it came from the hot box detector in salem or the next one down the track 20 miles away in east palestine but again i have to say on top of the economic and uh, border you know economic collapse or stale staleness stalemate uh taking place under the Biden administration and the you know domestic terror nonsense that they're using to destroy any uh, dissident organizations in this country on top of the border crisis and the ukraine war and the afghanistan catastrophe the transportation administration under joe biden has been responsible for disaster after disaster and near disaster after near disaster it seems like not a week passes 
between instances where either some massive catastrophe takes place or is just very nearly avoided. The trains, the uh, you know traffic with people being stuck in snowstorms for like literally days while they try to clear the roads or the near miss of passenger airplanes that would have, if not for the lightning fast reflexes of the pilot, resulted in the death of probably over 100 people on a Southwest Airlines uh, flight. All of these can be traced back to the Transportation Administration and their total failure to focus on anything that's real in favor of fulfilling the demands of leftist agitators who actively root for our destruction. They root for it, and now they're getting it. You're watching The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. All right, welcome back, folks. We'll be taking your phone calls. We already have people calling in with some sort of expertise, knowledge in the situation unfolding now in Ohio, where a train is derailed, spilling not just vinyl chloride, but a number of other very dangerous chemicals into the atmosphere and waterways. It's worth pointing out that this took place very close to uh, the Great Lakes, which are one of the world's largest surface freshwater ecosystems. 84% of North America's surface freshwater and about 21% of the world supply of surface freshwater. So, yeah, pretty, pretty inconvenient to have it be all poisoned now. But there you go. Again, speculation as to whether this might be retaliation for the Nord Stream pipeline. As again, you know, when you see some sort of man-made disaster of biblical scale, you have to ask, was this an accident or, or was it on purpose? I mean, if the American government is willing to blow up an underwater natural gas pipeline and cause an ecological disaster and push us towards a war with a nuclear-armed superpower, are they not also willing to do this to further their aims? I mean, after all, they do seem to be at war with the natural world. They are buying farms and shutting them down, killing off all the cows in favor of raising crickets for you to eat. They are using the power of the World Economic Forum to lean on national governments to shut down entire swaths of agricultural industry to serve their completely arbitrary demands as to so-called climate change. Just just complete nonsense. It's hard to even discuss it because it – There's just no logical consistency there. So it's like, you know, whether it's being done through government fiat and demands that you stop growing food or demands or, you know, industrial corporate demands that you use GMOs, you know, it's like whether the train explodes or the bill passes, either way, you're getting poisoned. Your water is being poisoned. Your food is being poisoned. And there's a lot of speculation as to the occurrence of uh, acid rain in the near future that may very well just destroy the entire American heartlands. I mean, it really is hard to overstate what a big deal this is and how little it's being covered. Again, if you have any 
information on this, please do give us a call, 1-877-789-2539, 1-877-789-2539. Because all I can do, I, I'm not an expert in any of this, all I can do is try to aggregate news reports and statements from experts on this, but I'd love to hear from people who actually you know, fully understand environmental remediation or tra- trains. If, you're, if you've ever operated a, a hazardous material being carried by train car i want to hear from you i just we need uh, expert information here because the only information we're getting from the mainstream media is that vetted by the corporation itself as we you know laid out earlier so again give us a call 1-877-789-2539 uh, this was posted on uh, twitter just some numbers for you 141 loaded cars 20 of them hazardous the rest who knows probably least a little bit hazardous 14 carrying vinyl chloride not the reported 10 each dod uh, dot 111 car carries 2000 200,000 pounds of vinyl chloride i think which means upwards of 2.8 million pounds of vinyl chloride released were 100 uh, 1270 tons a little bit different of a number than we heard earlier which said upwards of a million but We'll see. Uh, for comparison, the Bhopal disaster involved only 42 tons of toxic gas. That killed 4,000 people and injured 500,000. Yeah, we're in for a big one. UAE Exotic Falconry and Finance, a.k.a. Falconry Finance on Twitter, has been posting some uh, pretty great information about this. He puts it this way, or she, I'm not sure who it is. Ohio right now, there's a giant cloud of polyvinyl, it's actually just vinyl chloride, and a ton of other bad chemicals. The local police blew it up like a beached whale. Now megatoxins are Chernobyling Ohio as there's a news blackout and the police are beating reporters and camera people and dragging them. So that's what's happening. That's a great way to put it. And again, we have more people you know, talking about this and you know, I'll report to you stuff that passes – for me, the smell tester just makes sense logically cons- you know, consistent with things that I do know. Uh, but we're getting a lot of this information from amateurs or people who uh, act like they know, but it, it's, it's really hard to tell, which is why we need experts to, uh, to call in. I see the, the phone lines are filling up, so we'll go to yours in just a second. Uh, Gus at The Bottle Kate on Twitter talks about another gas that may be a byproduct of the burning of this vinyl chloride. He says the first byproduct is phosgene. Uh, I don't know how to put it. Phosgene, phosgene. A colorless gas with the smell of musty hay. It was first used as a chemical weapon during the First World War. Phosgene's potential, uh, potential rests in the fact that it binds to alveoli in the lungs and causes heart failure it does this in a way that's often too late to detect with the fact that it has decently hard to detect odor and a lack of color when local authorities decided to burn the vinyl chloride they released huge amounts of the chemical weapon into the air to be sped around not only east palestine but also the surrounding areas so we now have chemical weapon lingering around places where the authorities have instructed civilians not to evacuate potentially causing them exposure which could lead to long-term or short-term term deadly respiratory effects they claim five five days was enough to disperse the immediate area but local residents beg to differ citing smells of chlorine and other smells off the air we'll get to the chlorine smell uh let's go quickly now we have tom in nashville who's a lawyer uh who wants to talk about this uh tom i know there already there's already been i believe a class action lawsuit filed uh, but what's your take on what's going on in ohio tom well 
it really makes me angry because if you if you and you've stated it very well, but if you put together a risk assessment of this, it is <clears throat> Bhopal strength and maybe beyond. It'll go on for years. There's no no amount of money you can imagine that'll that will you know that <clears throat> will get it done. Right. I, I would I would say this there are a couple of legal strategies that we need to remember and think about and work on. But I would mention that Tom Rents is an Ohio attorney. He's working in this area. So any of you that are that know him or work with him or anything, uh, I would love to be in touch with you and help you. That this is this is only one of about seven or eight asymmetric wars. I've talked to Alex about this in a call, but when you think about it, it's very. Some people are very focused on. How do they deal with this? Because they're the victims of it. On the other hand, you know, across Ohio, mama bears concerned about their kids at school. They have their own concerns. So we all have the metaphor I, I'm thinking about that I just just thought of this week is that we have formed a potentially very powerful flotilla because the mama bears are in their boat. Everybody that lives around this this train wreck is in their boat. Mm-hmm. But uh, class action lawsuits are certainly one legal thing that needs to be looked at. And I know a way, I want to, I'd love to talk to Tom Rents' attorneys about it, but I know a way to get past the standing issue. I know a way to file a class action lawsuit with a single plaintiff because it, it's a Rule 23 problem and it takes forever and it's very difficult. And then the courts throw you out on a standing issue. But that doesn't have to happen if you use agency law as a tool and you can file a single plaintiff class action suit. What they need to also look for is injunctions against the railroads, a particular railroad that did this, because it it would be devastating to that railroad to to find that they somehow they're not allowed to go through Ohio or they have to detour routes around this area. Yeah. Uh, And and they're going to, all of a sudden, they'll come up with all kinds of money to keep from doing that is, is one likely uh, episode. The other thing w- that we all have to remember, so important, is probably the biggest legal tool or weapon we have, which is jury nullification. So that's going to, all of this will play a part in this long risk assessment problem and how. Yeah. Ohio yeah. Well, thank thank you so much for the for the call, Tom. I mean, we don't even know what the effects of this are. So, filing a a lawsuit now. I mean, I guess you know, jump off the gun. But I mean, who knows what it's going to take to try to get justice for the people that have been affected by this? There is a war on for your mind. Your mind is a battlefield. This is an information war. Infowars popularized those terms more than two decades ago, and today, whether it's Donald Trump or Governor DeSantis or Dr. Robert Malone, they're all using the terms that InfoWars has popularized because we understand the enemy's operations and we know how to beat them. But we can't do it without funding. And we make it easy to fund with great products that empower you and your immune system and your family as well. You can also make straight donations at InfoWarsStore.com, clicking on the big red banner, a one-time or recurring. But I'm asking you to take action. We're nonviolent. But every time you donate money, every time you buy products, every time you keep us on air, you are literally, nonviolently, politically, punching the New World Order in the nose, punching their lies in the nose. 
We are going to defeat the New World Order. We're going over the top, but right now is a critical juncture. So please go to InfoWarsStore.com and donate now. Donate now. I'm a humble person, and I want to say that I'm just a man, but I'm not just a man. Just like you, no matter what color you are, whether you're a man or a woman, you were made by the creator of the universe who had a plan for you, who has a destiny for you. That's why the system hates you and fears you, and that's why they hate me. It's because the spirit I carry is one of justice and truth and courage and honor and will and love. My friends, the enemy's coming after me, not because I'm a loser, but because I'm a winner. They're coming after you, not because you're a bad person, because you're a good person, because you love God and God loves you. And so I signed up for this. I signed up for this fight. And I'm not a victim. I'm an overcomer. But I can't fight this fight without you. That's why I want you to always remember that I appreciate you and I thank you because InfoWars is your fight. InfoWars is your baby. It's the thing you built. We did this together. So God bless you all. Let's keep fighting. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. All right, folks, we do still have a lot of other stuff to talk about. We, I do want to get to the Ukraine war and uh, the UFO nonsense. We still, still a lot to talk about, but there's still so much to discuss with this Ohio train case. We are getting some very interesting calls. We got Richard from Texas, uh, Scott from Massachusetts. Also, somebody from New Jersey called in. Uh, they actually owned a remediation company. I'd love if you'd call back. Uh, we, you dropped for some reason, but uh, I was excited to go to your call. So we'll go to the calls in, in just a moment. I do want to uh, return to just some of the Twitter threads that are exposing things about this, as well as some of the investigation I was able to do last night into exactly what you're supposed to do with vinyl chloride and just how dangerous it is. But returning to this thread by the bottle Kate at the bottle Kate, uh, AKA Gus on Twitter. Uh, he says the second byproduct of the burn was, has further long-term implications. The byproduct is hydrogen chloride. For those of you who don't know, that is a gas. When reacting with water, it turns into hydrochloric acid. Why is this important? Well, hydrochloric acid is, well, an acid. When hydrochloric acid it turns in, or when hydrogen chloride it turns into hydro, hydrochloric acid in the clouds over the region surrounding East Palestine, we could get acid rain. It literally acidifies the earth to lo- no longer grow crops or plants. When near water, ways it kills the local wildlife and when the hydrochloric acid seeps into the soil it also seeps into the groundwater if it were small concentrations it might not be a cause for concern but when you have four 30,000 gallon tankers spill and burn it turns out to be quite an issue so not only is the air potentiality of a mostly odorless and colorless chemical weapon but also is susceptible to acid rain and thus soil and water acidification but that's not all the boiling point for vinyl chloride is eight degrees fahrenheit below freezing so when you have vinyl chloride in the air it surely isn't as bad as phosphine a chemical weapon right well it can uh, cause all sorts of uh, issues respiratory issues etc etc and of course people are reporting that their uh, house pets have died their chickens have died there are fish dead in the river and people returning to the area say everything reeks of chlorine to the extent that they have to wash their sofas and things now this is from the national cancer cancer institute at cancer.gov they talk about vinyl chloride uh, talking about how common it is 
They say workers at facilities where vinyl chloride is produced or used may be exposed primarily through inhalation. The general population may be exposed by inhaling contaminated air or tobacco smoke. In the environment, highest levels of vinyl chloride are found in air around factories that produce vinyl products. If the air supply is contaminated, vinyl chloride can enter a household air when the water is used for showering, cooking, or laundry. Vinyl chloride exposure is associated with an increased risk of rare cancer in the form of liver cancer as well as primary liver cancer. Uh, brain and lung cancers, lymphoma and leukemia. And again, the, they say the safe level of exposure is one part per million, which I imagine if you're smelling it, reeking out of your sofas and uh, you know other cloth material, it's probably more than that. This is the vinyl chloride page on the EPA's website at epa.gov, a snapshot from the 19th of January 2017. Uh, they repeat some of just what we heard, but it is uh, classified as Group A, a human carcinogen. Uh, ambient air concentrations of vinyl chloride are generally quite low, with exposure occurring from discharge of exhaust gases from factories that manufacture or process vinyl chloride or evaporation from areas where chemical wastes are stored. Drinking water may contain vinyl chloride released from contact with polyvinyl pipes. Voly- uh, vinyl chloride is a microbial degradation product of uh, trilo, trilorethine in groundwater and thus can be found in groundwater affected by this contamination. Occupational exposure to vi- uh, vinyl chloride may occur in workers uh, concerned with the production, use, transport, storage, or disposal of the chemical. And we can also go through some of uh, the remediation suggestions here. And we, we can go through it, the physical, chemical, and biological absorption. Uh, this is all from the you know official suggested way you remediate this environmental damage uh none of it says blow the whole damn thing up and turn it into a giant mushroom cloud but that's what they did uh, let's go out to your phone calls now richard in texas you're an engineering manager uh, with epa certification uh, what is your take on what we're seeing occur now in ohio richard from texas you're on the air uh yeah so um essentially uh i'm responsible for the bulk chemical and gas delivery systems, among other things, at our plant. And uh, when you have it, like I'm the incident commander for the uh, emergency response team, I have a RICRA certification, HAZWOPR certification, Homeland Security, uh, chemical vulnerability, terrorism information certification and clearance. Um, so I've actually remediated three, we almost had three excursions at our plant, and I was able to stop them. Ours were wastewater excursions where... Essentially, you know, in a semiconductor plant, you have to treat the wastewater before it goes out to uh, the city to be further remediated. But it's a similar thing because you're discharging these chemicals directly Mm -hmm. out into the environment. So essentially what happened here was I think they did the right thing because having an acid byproduct versus a carcinogen would be an ideal outcome. A lot of times when you have an excursion like this and you have a carcinogen, like that's the worst possible outcome, you know, because there's nothing you can do about that. But, you know, a burn or some dead animals you can deal with, but millions of people with cancer is literally the worst possible outcome, you know? So that's not my biggest concern, but really, you know, I would say, uh, you know, they essentially what happens when this, uh, when you know you have a discharge over a certain part per million, you have to contact the local water authority immediately. 
uh, and you work with the local government, you have to have uh, a response plan that's already pre-written. They would have already trained with the local fire department uh, and all that stuff. So all this stuff is already in place, and they know what they're going to do. But I would say, yeah, keep looking into the secondary chemicals. Like, for example, uh, I've, you know, seen a couple excursions at big companies like Samsung and stuff where they, you know, last year they killed off a whole branch of the the river here in Texas and Mm. with a sulfuric acid excursion and they got a huge fine for that. But a lot of times they'll try and talk about the least dangerous chemical and they'll put that out in the news because they don't want you to see (laughs) the other stuff that's going out with it. So I would say keep digging into that. I'm not an expert in any of these particular chemicals, so I'm not going to speak on that. But I would say look at look and see what else is in there because there's probably some, well there may be something unusual there. But the the other issue I wanted to bring up is uh, what a lot of people don't know is like for example Intel in Arizona they actually have a permit to reinject their wastewater into the aquifer. So you know this may sound like it's a huge deal and it is. Don't get me wrong, but you would not believe what. Fortune 500 manufacturing companies are already doing legally to the environment. You know, they give them essentially their lawyers work with the local governing authority, and they say, "All right, you can discharge this much of this, this much of this, this much of this." And if it's if there's a variance, you a lot of times you don't even get fined if there's a variance, depending on how bad it is or whatever. But you know, like I said, one of the lawyers at our plant was the lawyer for the Intel plant, and he was telling me about this. And I'm like, "How is this legal?" He's right. like, "Yeah, you know, it's just the way it works." You know, and like essentially, you know, even all the semiconductor plants in Austin, uh, they're discharging stuff like titanium tetrachloride and TEMA. All these things are basically instantly fatal, but they're supposedly you know, in concentrations that are low enough. And that that's what I really want people to know is that all the carcinogens that are used in, in all these, you know, tech companies, none of those are remediated. Mm-hmm. The only thing you're required by law to remediate is acids and bases. So essentially, your wow, your wastewater... Uh, tell you what, if you don't mind holding on, Rich, I'd love to come back to you. This has been a great call. We'll, we'll finish up with Richard and go to uh, Scott and John on the other side. More calls from people who know what they're talking about. We'll be right back. The cavalry has arrived. Ultimate bone broth is the strongest, highest quality chicken-based bone broth you're going to find with all of the effects for your joints, your bones, your muscles, your heart, but more importantly, your immune system. Everybody knows about grandma and chicken broth. Well, this is concentrated chicken broth, the strongest out there with chaga mushroom and a whole bunch of other ingredients like turmeric. The list goes on and on. This is definitely the strongest, best bone broth out there, and your purchase supports the Info War, a 360 win. If you've not experienced bone broth, and even the regular ones have great effects, believe me, you want to get InfoWars Life Ultimate Bone Broth at InfoWarsTore.com. Now, it'll take an hour to tell you all the great stuff about it. Just go to InfoWarsTore.com, read the facts there, and then order some, and you can't lose. It's nutritive. It empowers your body. It's great for your immune system, bones and joints, and it funds the InfoWar. So, Ultimate Bone Broth, now back in stock at InfoWarsTore.com for 25% off. InfoWars.com is tomorrow's news today.
You're tuned in to the American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Watch it live right now at band.video. All right, welcome back, folks. Uh, we're going to try to finish up the train derailment in this segment with your phone calls. We've got Richard in Texas and Scott in Massachusetts. Uh, Richard, we'll, we'll finish up with your uh, phone call in, in um just a moment again one of the the strange wrinkles of this story is that in east palestine ohio where this train derailment took place a very similar occurrence was filmed last year for a movie called white noise and actually some of the residents affected by this real disaster were actually asked to play extras in the fake version of a very very similar disaster in exactly the same area with almost exactly the same outcome Predictive programming, just a good guess, uh, mere coincidence. I guess I'll leave that up to you to decide, but it's just yet another. Again, this is the movie, but compare what you're seeing in the movie to the images of the actual train derailment. It's hard to tell which is which. And uh, I mean, it's actually just another sort of wild aspect of this. Now, again, just to reiterate, uh, the tankers threatened to explode first responders and emergency workers had to vent the tankers spill the vol- uh, vinyl chloride into a trench and then burn it off before it turned the train into a bomb authorities feared that an explosion could send shrapnels up to a mile away so i guess the idea is if they didn't burn it off it very well could well if they didn't vent it it very well could have turned into a the size of a small nuclear explosion completely leveled an area you know a mile around the crash site so they had to vent it. Once they vented it, then it was poisoning the water and the soil there. So they had to light on fire. So I get my uh, my question to you, Richard, Richard in Texas. You, you mentioned this, um, but I just want to sort of clarify the answer. Do you think this was the best idea to burn it off? I mean, was that uh, obviously it was damned if you do, damned if you don't? I guess the the least of the evils to choose from. Still not good, but you think as. Uh, you have experience in similar matters that they probably made the right choice in lighting it on fire because otherwise it would have been sign- – the carcinogenic properties would have been much more of a concern as they seeped into the oil and the groundwater and the and the crops and everything. Do, do I have that right, Richard? Yeah. I mean essentially when you have a disaster, you're trying to have the best outcome. There is no good outcome. Right. So especially when you have a big company like this, they may have even been in contact with the governor and the local EPA or maybe even the federal EPA. You know, I don't know how big and powerful this company is. Like I work at a fairly small plant compared to some of these gigantic ones, but I've also been at two Fortune uh, 100, you know, manufacturing companies as well and as well. And those companies with a lot of juice, you know, they're looking, they're, their immediate thought, and it's actually their legal requirement, is to mitigate the fine that they'll receive because they have right. a responsibility to their investors. And so essentially they want guidance from the government because they can say, well, you told me to do it. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. And, of course, we know they're already handing out $1,000 checks to the people you know, in the, in the exact zone where it happened. And the people taking these checks are worried that that might mean that they're waiving their ability to uh, – sue for this later but yeah i don't i don't see that being a possibility and the uh, the company has said that that's not the case so i, I wouldn't hesitate to because after all if you've got to move and grab all your stuff and rent a van to get out and go rent a hotel i mean the company should be paying for that it's their fault all that's happening well thank you very much for that call richard uh don't hang up stay on the line richard because i know um 
Matt wants to wants to ask you a question uh, real quick. So don't hang up, Richard, but we are going to move sure. to Scott in Massachusetts. Scott, you are a locomotive engineer. You want to talk about this hot box detector investigation that's going on. The story's from CBS News where they talk about and again, they don't give a they don't give a specific answer. They don't say this is what failed and that's why we didn't know. It's sort of vague. It says, well, there was a detection, but obviously the alarm didn't go off. They're sort of vague about this. So I'm very glad you've called in. You, you might be able to shed some light on it. What's your take on this uh, train derailment? What went wrong here? Any ideas? Hey, good morning, Harrison. Thanks morning. for taking my call. Sure. The, um, the hot box detectors, uh, every true or train crew needs to know where they are on your line. And uh, they go off no matter what. Um, they either tell you it's all clear or it will give you an alarm and you have to take immediate action. <clears throat> and those actions depend on the makeup of the train. Say if it was a, a key train, which is 30 or more loaded hazardous material cars, you have to stop immediately. Right. But if you're below that threshold, say 29 loaded cars, uh, you, you simply slow down and wait for the next detector and see what happens. I think that's a, a mistake, but those are the rules that you have to follow. So as far as the NTSB goes, they're always covering up for the railroads. Um, <clears throat> as a crew member, it's difficult to get information on any type of accident, but they're always covering it up. And... Uh, to let the public know is even more difficult. So when it comes to the hot box, it's uh, there's certain rules that the crew needs to follow. And I just would need more information about the train, direction of travel, speed, mm-hmm. uh, these types of things. There's so many factors involved and so many rules that need to be followed that it's difficult to uh, come to a conclusion when all along these people know exactly what's happening and they always cover it up. If they can't immediately blame the crew, then they go into cover up mode. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm not surprised by that. Somebody who claims to be a Norfolk Southern conductor uh, reiterate sort of what you're saying. NS operates hand-in-hand hand with the government all the time. They conspired with Congress and Joe Biden to force an end to a labor agreement in December. They've been dangerously negligent with manpower cuts for years. This derailment is uh, the result. So he seems to think it was a matter of like not having enough people on staff, uh, either on the train or monitoring, uh, to you know adequately provide the safety necessary to prevent this type of uh, accident as a uh, engineer yourself, would you say this is something that's happening across the border, or, or have you not heard of something like this? Oh, I would absolutely agree with that conductor. Um, you start off uh, in training engines operations as a conductor, which is the boss of the train, mm-hmm. and then later on you become an engineer, which is just an operator. It's actually a demotion, but you get a raise and pay. So it's usually the the newer guys <clears throat> that are conductors. And you have to be very quick and quick-witted to be a conductor and to understand the nuances of what's going on in the industry. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. I would agree that uh, there's a a huge manpower shortage, and it's been going on for years. And uh, I've recently just 
giving up on the railroad because I don't want to deal with it anymore. Well, that is uh, that's a shame. It's honestly surprising. I I gotta say, I um, I would love to be a train conductor. I think that sounds like the coolest job in the world. I, I don't know how there aren't you know more kids growing up. You ask a kid. A lot of kids say they want to be train conductors. What you know? Why not follow through with that uh, dream and actually, you know, be a responsible conductor of trains that we need necessarily. Uh, the idea is far more romantic than the reality of it. Well, don't tell me that, Scott. I just want to ride the rails. I just <laughs> want to sorry, ride the rails across this great country. <laughs> wow. Well, thank you so much for that call, Scott. Very informative. Thank you very much. The, these calls have been exactly what I was uh, hoping we would get. So I'm. I'm I'm confident now in, in some of the information that I'm sharing since uh, you guys have, have helped to confirm it. Uh, just con- continue with this post on uh, Twitter. So, yeah, thank you so much for the call, Scott. I, I really do appreciate it. Uh, the conductor here, this may be rumor, but I'll go ahead and read it to you anyway. He says the derailment happened as the crew was being notified by a wayside hot wheel detector. That's the hot box Scott was talking about. There was nothing they could do, he says. He, his source of that, he says, is his buddy who works at that district and knows the guys that were on the train. So take that for what it's worth. Uh, but it seems like there were perhaps multiple failure points uh, that resulted in this utter and total catastrophe. And again, we'll we'll keep you up to date as new information comes out. Uh, on the other side of this break, we are going to – I'm going to show you a video from a Romanian member of parliament talking about an earthquake machine as well as a uh, Japanese former finance minister also talking about America's earthquake machine. Yeah, maybe more real than it sounds. We'll be back on the other side. This is InfoWars. InfoWarsStore.com is how you support this quest for truth. The eugenicists over 100 years ago were very public about their plans. They financed major universities. They ran full-page stories and advertisements pushing their propaganda in the New York Times, other major newspapers, that the family as we know it is a bad thing and must be ended. And the first step in that is getting women out of the household and teaching women that cooking dinner and taking care of your sons and daughters and husbands is a bad thing. And I was just sitting here tonight making dinner for my daughter, my four and a half year old daughter. My wife makes dinner a lot of times, but I like to make it as well. I love to make breakfast. And literally, it's the funnest thing on earth to make food for your family and be nurturative and then all sit down together and have the communal event. And that's what the system is attacking and bombarding is our normal biological actions are coming together. They really are sick, evil, scientific cult of filth that want to domesticate us and turn us into lab rats. We cannot let this continue. I've got some good news, ladies and gentlemen. After over two years of being sold out, Ultimate Bone Broth is now back in stock and updated even stronger at InfoWarsStore.com. Concentrated bone broth from chickens, chaga mushroom, and so many other amazing ingredients like turmeric and bee pollen. Learn about the effects and what it does for your body at InfoWarsStore.com because it is the bone broth. The bone broth. The bone broth. The, the bone broth. The, the bone broth. The bone broth. The bone broth. What in the world? But now with the milk, I was like, whoa, this has milk in it. Whoa. It tastes like good. Man, this tastes so good. Mm. Tastes like the best milkshake ever. The best milkshake ever. It tastes like Ovaltine. It tastes like Ovaltine. It tastes like Ovaltine. Like good. Infowars. 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 Listening to the American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video.
again, folks. We could uh, we could go on and on about this Ohio uh, train uh, derailment, and we could go on and on about just volley, uh, uh, vinyl chloride. But that's not the only dangerous chemical that was on uh, the train. In fact, if you look at the manifest, which we have, and I posted on uh, my Substack, off limits. Uh, news. You can go to harrisonhillsmith.substack.com and find all those stories and do uh, your own reading into this, including some of the official publications from the EPA. And again, I, it's just it take too much time to read all of these, but health hazard informations, it's just like uh, dizziness, drowsiness, headaches, uh, irritation of the eyes and respiratory tract, acute exposure at extremely high levels is loss of consciousness, lung and kidney irritation. It can have uh, sexual reproductive Problem can cause uh, reproductive problems. Chronic effects include liver damage, and uh, there's a such thing called volley, uh, vinyl chloride disease, which is uh, characterized by your fingers turning white and numbness and discomfort upon exposure. It's pretty horrific stuff. Reproductive developmental effects. Male sexual performance may be affected by vinyl chloride. Uh, several epidemiological s- studies have reported an association between vol- vinyl chloride exposure in pregnant women and increased incidence of birth defects. I mean, it just goes on and on. And of course, there's the, uh, the rare cancers that it causes as well. Just again, a horrific effect. And I know it's times like this. I sort of mentioned this earlier, but I always think back to the Las Vegas shooting, October of 2018. Right? Was that 2017? We had just started to do the InfoWars live three to five. When I started working here, the only show we had was the Alex Jones show. That was it. Owen worked here. David Knight worked here. I mean there were a lot of reporters and people working. We had the nightly news that was you know, half pre-recorded. It was mostly just reports and stuff. But Alex wanted to roll out these live shows like the American Journal and the War Room. And so sort of to practice, we started the live three to five back when we were on YouTube. And it was sort of a fun freewheeling kind of thing. But – it launched right around the same time that the Las Vegas shooting happened, and I remember like family members of mine and friends of mine going, I just tuned into InfoWars for the first time because I really want to know what's going on in Las Vegas, and you turn on the media, and they're talking about it, but they're clearly not saying everything. They're clearly covering stuff up. They're clearly trying to turn it to their own agenda, and I'm just not getting the truth. I don't know what the truth is. I know I'm not getting it from the mainstream media, so I found myself going to InfoWars. So I, I think about that a lot. Anytime there's one of these big events – where people are looking to the mainstream media and coming up empty, they turn to InfoWars because they know that we're going to just tell you everything we know, try to just get it all across the table, leave it up to you to decide what the the you know truth behind it all is. But it's it's nice, and it's also a responsibility, I feel, to cover this stuff when I know that you go to the mainstream media and it will be a lot of just the same talking points and the same like – Welcome to NPR. A train derailment in Ohio has people asking whether it's being cared about because the victims are white. We go to expert anti-white activist uh, Lucrece LeBaron and they're just like, thanks, Janny. Of course, it's going to be a typical white people caring. But it's just like I'm trying to learn about a train derailment, you psychopath. So we're not going to do that here. We're going to actually just tell you the truth and try to tell you what you need to know about this massive disaster going on. And I appreciate anybody coming here for the first time, just desperate for some amount of truth. I hope that you feel you found it, and I hope that you feel that it's worth supporting us by going to InfoWarsStore.com, taking advantage of 
our incredible products. But of course, importantly, keeping us on air, keeping us in the fight, keeping us here to tell you the truth uh, with no bias, no preconceived notion other than, gee, a lot of this seems to all fall in line with the Great Reset depopulation anti-human agenda that we've been talking about for what time is it? Uh, two decades at this point. So uh, go to InfoWarsStore.com to support us. We will be here continuing to tell you all of this information and caring and not a wit about who wants us to or doesn't want us to talk about this stuff. We don't care. Oh, big corporations don't want you to. Well, they can go jump in a lake. Now I want to go. There's I have so many videos to go to. Uh, I, I still want to talk about the UFO thing. I think first, let's just go to this video. Uh, this is clip number 11. And we, we are going to talk a little bit later about the Romanian MP and the Turkey earthquake. I mean, that's a huge video that you absolutely have to see. It's just very long. It's six over six minutes long. So we'll, we'll save that for a little bit. Uh, so in the meantime, I want to show you this video. I think this is an important one to discuss as well. Clip number 11. It may very well be that the uh, Scourge of affirmative action, which has negative impacts on absolutely everybody in the country, those granted affirmative action and those overlooked because of affirmative action. It's just not good for anybody, and I think this video sort of tells you why, but it may be going away as more lawsuits are now being put in front of the Supreme Court that lay out just how one-sided and discriminatory and biased the affirmative action laws are. Here's a little breakdown as to – the effects of race when it comes to getting into Harvard. Let's watch. Who has over a 50% chance of getting into Harvard? This week, we found out that African-American students who score in the top decile, you can see right here, have over a 50% chance of getting into Harvard. If you score even in the ninth decile, you're still over a coin flip at getting in. That's over 10 times the regular admission rate. And as this brief points out, what's even more striking is that applicants who are African-American here in the fourth decile, where basically if you're Asian-American, you have less than a 1% chance of admission. They have over a 12% chance of admission, 12.8%, which is still higher than if you are in the top decile academically as an Asian-American. So yeah, pretty incredible stuff. Again, who is this good for? Who does this help? Is it good to send uh, the the black student that may be top 10% of his class, may succeed wildly at a state school, but you're going to send him to Harvard where he probably doesn't actually qualify, right? If he was a different race, he would have never gotten in. But because he's black, he gets in. He gets there. He's surrounded by people that are more qualified than him. It's just a fact. That's the, that's the effect of affirmative action. It's not his fault. It's not that he's a stupid person. It's just that Harvard is an elite institution that you're supposed to take only the most uh, qualified for. So if he's not qualified, he could be qualified, in which case, great, go to Harvard. Fantastic. Well done. If he's not, but he goes anyway, he's either setting himself up for failure or he's setting Harvard up for you know, the, the feedback loop of lowering expectations, right? Because what happens if you, know, you do all this affirmative action to get a lot of black students into Harvard, but you do it by lowering the standards when it comes to black students so they have a harder time passing Harvard? Do you lower standards in order to have that high passing rate or are you then accused of racism because while you let in a bunch of black students the black students aren't passing to the same level of so 
the curriculum must be racist. Now, I mean, it's a feedback loop of nonsense that we can just do away with. We just don't need it. We just don't need it. It's not racist to have academic standards. It's just not. Sorry. That's just how it is. And it doesn't matter what race you are. If you achieve those standards, you should reap the rewards. But if you don't achieve those standards, I don't care what race you are, you probably shouldn't go to Harvard. That's just how it is. I shouldn't go to Harvard. Like I, I'm not capable of doing that. So why would I go into debt to go do something that will likely end in failure? It just makes no sense whatsoever. But this is the way that our world has been run. And I honestly do I, – I, I can't help but see a connection between you know article after article after article doing things like saying it's time for white men to take a back seat when it comes to air traffic controlling. And it's just like really air traffic control, transporting hazardous waste, you know, waging war. These are the things that you want to lower your standards on. These are the things that you're willing to cut corners just to up the racial percentage that you desire. I mean this is suicidal. This is ridiculous. Racial preferences massively boost blacks uh, and his, Hispanic applicants. It's not good for the black or Hispanic applicants either. Like this, this isn't a thing of race. This is a thing of I want to live in a country where a giant car full of poison doesn't explode in my backyard, where I can take a, a plane flight and know that there's not going to be some diversity hire directing a FedEx plane to T-bone the, the Southwest flight I'm on. I mean this is just – this. We, we live in a world that was built by merit, uh, by merit, by a meritocracy, by choosing the best people no matter who they are for the job uh, that they best fit. And if you're changing that, if you're altering that, if you're warping that to fit some bizarre social engineering design, we all suffer the consequences of this. So I, I see a you know, direct line between our seemingly increasing inability to just keep things operating and running, keep the electricity on, keep the planes in the air, keep the trains on the track. I mean, all of this stuff is somehow getting more difficult. Somehow we just aren't up to the same standards we were before. I think maybe the con- the reason for that is the uh, the lowering of standards across the board. And you've got a Baltimore high Baltimore high school or Baltimore school system. 23 high schools, not a single one proficient in math, but they're graduating and they're getting degrees and they're probably going to college because diversity after all. This is suicidal thinking on a national level. It's insane. InfoWars is winning. InfoWars is reaching more people than ever. We were supposed to be off the air months and months and months ago. Mainstream media told you, but it's not true. They told you we were going to be shut down. They told you we owed a billion and a half dollars. None of that's true. It's all being appealed. They want you to think InfoWars is dead. But if you simply stand up and support InfoWars, we've got years and years of appeals, and we will not be taken off the air. But if they can convince you that we've been shut down, they're going to win. Don't let the globalists sigh up you and your family. Go to InfoWarsStore.com and get incredible products, supplements, books, films, T-shirts, you name it, that fund the InfoWar and empower your life and let the globalists know their psyop has not worked. Thanks for keeping us on air. Take action at InfoWarsStore.com today because the only people that can take us off the air is you, the viewers and listeners. The majority of you have not been psyoped, but some of you have. Do not let the globalists brainwash you. Go to InfoWarsStore.com and keep us on the air.